here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes, a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com for news, commentary, opinion, podcasts, and more in the world of pro wrestling. This episode of Shake Them Ropes is brought to you by the Voices of Wrestling Amazon affiliate link. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon to shop on Amazon like normal at no extra cost to you. Every purchase you make, a portion goes to help support the growth of VoicesOfWrestling.com. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon. Whenever you're looking to shop through Amazon, make sure you go through the Voices of Wrestling affiliate link. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon. Follow Rob McCarran on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes. Follow Jeff Hawkins on Twitter at CrapGame13. Shake Them Ropes is available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Downcast, and any RSS reader you may be using. All the information is at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR. Subscribe today, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Enjoy the show, we hope to keep you around here at Shake Them Ropes. I have found out that there ain't no sure way to find out whether you like people or hate them than to travel with them. Mark Twain, Tom Sawyer Abroad. Hey kids, daddy's home. I missed all of you. And Rob was here holding down the fort quite well, doing live after shows for the past five days. Perhaps the most surreal moment is when um, our bus kind of stranded us after WrestleMania. We had to walk about a mile down the road to a shopping center to catch it. And as I'm crossing the street, a large SUV with three men in it is there blasting Rob McCarron and Joe Lanza doing the WrestleMania after show. And I yell at them. Is that voices of wrestling? They go, what is that voices of wrestling? What shake them ropes? Yeah. Yeah. That's my podcast. (laughs) I should be on it right now. (laughs) We are, we are making it big, Jeff. (laughs) <laughs> it was just real. I'm like, I'm crossing the street and I go, is that McCarran? Cause I was trying to listen on an earpiece, right. but it wasn't coming out of my ear. And yeah, I'm we, like, we, uh, Whoop. we, we did a uh, post WrestleMania show myself and Joe Lanza. Cause you were there. Yeah. Uh, so I, you couldn't really get on it right away. And then you tried to call from a very noisy place. So it was unfortunate. It was uh, just the wind. Yeah, the was, wind was oh God. I know we had some bad wind this weekend, but that was cool. Yeah. We actually, I, uh, I got some DMS of people saying, yeah, you made, you made the drive home from WrestleMania bearable. So I want to thank everyone who was watching and listening to our post show. And if you uh, missed it, yeah, we talk about WrestleMania and it's two days old by now, but still it was a really fun discussion with Joe, Joe Lanza and I, uh, rich Krejci and I went live after NXT takeover. And then I was live after raw last night. And here you are, Jeff, finally back home away from uh, Dallas, Texas to give us your thoughts of the weekend and I, I want to know about this, uh, this bus mishap. Why was the bus stranding you? Didn't they know that, okay, the only reason they're out tonight was to get you ha- uh, home from WrestleMania? Well, 
we had paid for her to stay there because we had underestimated the overrun. Oh yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it went 50 minutes over plus having to get all the people out of there. And then, you know, we had people not necessarily assigned to each bus, but you're supposed to go back to the bus that you rode on and one bus made it and one bus decided to leave and try and circle around and then couldn't make it through the cops apparently. Oh yeah. So it was like, now we have to go on this journey to find our bus. And so about 90 minutes after the end of the whole show, we finally get on the road home. What, um, what was, what was the, uh, the most hassle? What was the, the hardest to stomach? Was it the pre-show getting into the building or the post stuff getting out of the building? Post stuff getting out of the building for me. Pre-show okay. was easy for me because I, A, I had great seats admittedly, but B, um, I had a friend, friend who was tailgating. And so while everybody was standing around trying to get in there, uh, we just, you know, kind of enjoyed ourselves. And then once they let everybody in, I got in there. The, the most hassle for me at, at the actual card was on this, you know, very expensive level of seating, apparently. Uh, one of the ovens at the concession stand wasn't working. So there was a near riot by uh -oh. all these people who, you know, their line's moving faster. How come I don't have my food <laughs> kind of thing? Um, that was the most hassle for me. Other than that, I had no problems at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's easy for me to say, but if I went to WrestleMania, like I'm seeing the lines for the bathroom, people are posting that on Twitter, people are posting the lines for the food. I'm like, I know there's going to be a thousand or a hundred thousand people there at WrestleMania. I'm getting in for a day where I'm just going to sit in my seat for seven hours. That's what I did pretty yeah. much. And you, you know. kind of have to do that advice to you. If you're going to a long show, um, you know, make it, make it your best shot so that you can sit down for seven hours and don't have to rely on anything. Now yes, I know that's diff more difficult now because they wouldn't let you bring in drinks and water and stuff like that. Right. Uh, correct. Yeah. So it, it's kind of tough when it's seven hours long, but yeah, don't, don't, don't drink a lot beforehand, ha get the largest beverage you can have a seat and just sip on it. That's what I did. I would say get I mean, there early too, but man, it, it looked like, uh, you were one of the lucky ones because, yeah. you know, we saw people who hadn't even gotten in yet after being there for three hours waiting in line, hadn't gotten in by the start of the show. No, I, I admit I was very, very lucky. And, uh, before we actually start into the deep dive here. I'd be remiss not to thank everybody for the kind words and all the things I, you know, all the people I met. I mean, I Thursday I got, or Friday, I got to have lunch with some of the voices of wrestling guys like yeah. Joe and Warren and Chris Novemberino, who were all very, very cool, you know, fans like, uh, you know, Parker and, uh, Danny actually ended up sitting next to me at the F4W banquet oh, and yeah? didn't know it at first. Oh, you're that guy. Like, yeah. That's kind of cool. You know, Aaron and you're the guy who makes Tom. sense of things. And of course, our boy Damien was just plugging us wherever he could go. And it was almost embarrassing for me because I'm like, I'm just a jerk with a podcast. That's all I am. You know, uh, Skill Crane. I got to meet him. I got to meet the Hales clan who are awesome Yeah. Um, at a show if just for people watching purposes. You know? uh, the, I accidentally asked the fray how to get in. And it's like, OK, I'm just running into everybody today. The only person I missed. So I want to make this a special one is Lou Pickney who I've known online for 22 some odd years. <laughs> we just couldn't get together and it just, that's sad. And also, uh, Oh, the black cat from uh, old school wrestling podcast gave us some kind words. So that was also cool. I mean, oh, it was nice. just cool, cool experience and, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of shows, but I also got a lot of clarity about the WWE and wrestling and just the, the connection between indie wrestling and the disconnect as well. I mean, it was, uh, there's, there's a lot to, to take in and I think we'll, we'll get into it, um, as we go along. Yeah. we'll we'll talk about this, but that's cool that you got to meet everyone. I mean, I, it was, uh, you know, originally I wanted to go to this weekend and then it, it didn't end up happening. And 
I was jealous of you from about the time you got in until Sunday around 4.30 my time when uh, I saw I started seeing all these lines and people talking about Wi-Fi being down and not being able to get in the building. And I'm like, oh, this is just going to be a fun disaster. Uh, the Wi-Fi sucked. Uh, yeah. But, uh, oh, the guy who bought your NXT ticket. Uh-huh. Los Angeles guy who yep. goes to PWG shows. Yeah, he was. I had to, <laughs> I had to send it to Los Angeles. I mean, that's and he was super stoked. Oh, and good. It, it was, I'll pay whatever to go to see Shinsuke. Well, he did. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Um, and I appreciate that. So you uh, maybe you should have told him thank you for me. You know? I did. Good. Very good. Very good. Um, did he know he didn't uh, know about shake them ropes, though? So now you uh, you had to get someone to tell him, right? I, I, I plugged it to him and he goes, oh, OK, I think I've heard of Voices of Wrestling because I think he listens for the Japanese coverage and stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura debuting. Um, basically, I want to hit the high notes of the WWE shows and then we'll get into kind of the whole weekend as a whole. And as we talk WrestleMania, we can get your your new clarity, your newfound clarity upon uh, upon WWE, the independence and so forth and uh, and so much more. Um, but NXT happened on Friday night. That was not your first show of the weekend, though, right? Yes, it was. Oh, it was. OK. Yes. All NXT right. was first. Um, I was positioned by where they had uh, the pregame. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With Mauro, Lita, and uh, and uh, Renee Young, and they took that stage down real quick, and that's where all the wrestlers were coming out to watch entrances and things like that. The sight lines weren't good. This is the only this is the only show I've actually now seen on TV uh-huh. that I watched live because the sight lines weren't good. They didn't have a jumbotron to watch of any kind, really. So, so I missed a you know you you kind of get told by taller people, and I could stand on my chair because I was in the uh, rear rear or the back very back row uh-huh. and i could actually then you know see better that way but uh no this show was fantastic uh top to bottom um for for the most part and, and especially you know watching wrestlers come out to see you know what to watch shinsuke's entrance what well, was fascinating people watching um were there anyone was there anyone by you uh or that you knew of going into that show that maybe didn't know who shinsuke nakamura was maybe they watched plenty. nxt were there there were, were plenty because there were a lot of kids. Yeah. So what were they saying? Show. What were they saying Family. afterwards? Uh, they really liked him. I mean, you know, it's it's not it's oddly enough, it's not hard to get somebody over from Japan because they always do cool moves. <laughs> it's, it's 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 the Muda complex uh-huh. from the old NWA and stuff like that. I mean, kids love martial arts and the kids I saw loved Shinsuke Nakamura. And of course, it's also the the atmosphere where everybody's so geeked for this guy and so excited that you're going to be excited too and come right. out that way and, and be, you know, even if you don't know who he is at the end of the night, you're going to be excited about him and, and want to watch more. So when Shinsuke Nakamura goes on and beats Sami Zayn, uh, phenomenal, it was a phenomenal match to watch, uh, on television. You know, I watched it on the WWE network. I wasn't there. Uh, did anything translate differently when you watched it on TV versus when you were there live? Um, a lot of the, just the facials between Sammy and, and, and Shinsuke. I tell you that, what, this Shinsuke, kind of just... he gets it too. Cause when you're watching on TV, when they first, uh, when he gets in the ring and they kind of do their, their standing face off, you know, he looks a little bit to the camera very subtly. And I'm so glad that the camera was on him during this. And he winks at the camera. Like this guy is winking. Hey, I'm here. You know, uh, like I, I also, I missed the kick on the, uh, diving DDT just because I was on ground level. Oh yeah. That would so, be, so that tough. was, I, I was told what it was about and I didn't get to see until after that. Um, but a lot of NXT alum were there to watch Shinsuke. Like, uh, as, as I wrote on my Twitter, I go, 
you know, you think Becky Lynch is pretty on TV. She is absolutely stunning in person. Um, she was about a foot away from me and, and yeah. Wow. Uh, but like Sasha and Kevin Owens and, uh, it got to the point where there was a guy in front of me who kept pointing his camera back and flashing it to catch people from behind the curtain and stuff. And I was, I was like, dude, just watch the show. So, some of you guys need to put down the cameras and watch the shows a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. And that was certainly a show where you just want to kind of take it in, especially when you paid so much for it, when you're paying $500 per ticket, if you didn't buy it when they were first on sale. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the red hot tag, uh, match atmosphere, was actually a bit, little bit muted on TV. I mean, it was loud in that arena the whole time, yeah. especially when uh, American Alpha was hitting moves. Um, in retrospect, I know I did. I said I was a little bit off put by the Bailey ending. Um, at first, I like it now. Yeah, because you did. You you told me that people were just waiting. You know, during that final sequence, people were just waiting for Bailey's comeback, and it just never happened. And yeah. that's kind of the story of the match that Oscar kept her, kept her down and just never let her make the make the comeback. Yeah, and and we were all like, "Whoa, what happened?" Because we couldn't we couldn't see the hand going down, being flat on there. All of a sudden, the bell just rings, and everybody's kind of looking around, going, "What? What is this? A screw job? Did somebody call for the bell?" And we didn't realize she had gone to sleep until you know until Oscar's music starts playing. Yeah, and you're like, "Wow, what's okay, happening? That yeah. happened." And then there was no, you know, there was the curtain call for Sammy after the match, but there right. wasn't one for Bailey. So you kind of assumed, okay. That's also kind of weird because everybody was just under the assumption that if she lost, she'd be getting promoted. Oh no, she and she did, and she didn't around. get a goodbye. Yeah, and and I kind of like that because the concern about Bailey going to the main roster is, of course, you know how will that character uh, translate? Because you know the fangirl will they have to start over? No, I think this is part of the hero's quest. Mm -hmm. This is the old eighties booking where a monster comes in, destroys you, and now she has to find a way to 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 be the champion that she says she is. Oh yeah. No, the, I think this is going to help her yeah. immensely. Yeah. The story here is obviously it, it seems like now is she's going to have to try and find a way to come back. She's going to have to go through, you know, some of the roster members. She's going to have to get her rematch. She's going to probably gonna have to win a shot at the rematch and, and, you know, go in there and that's going to be the story. Can she avoid that Oscar lock? Can she come back? Uh, Cause yeah, it doesn't look like she's going up to the main roster right now. And the question then becomes, because you have this issue, with going from NXT to the main roster is they spent so much time developing a character in NXT and Bailey really got over because she was the underdog who always lost and then eventually found a way to win. That's how she got over. Does Bailey go on to the main roster if she ever does and start over as in she's a lovable loser coming up? Do they reference how she was an NXT champion and she's just all of a sudden, you know, good now in, in the main roster? Um, because you kind of have to uh, build her up the same way to get the same results, don't you? I think, you know what, a video package could help here immensely if you just wanted to bring her up as a champion who's been toiling down there, kind of like the, you know, how they do with other guys, who, you know, even the AJ Styles saying, I'm the veteran who hasn't had my shot here, now's my shot. And they don't do those well. Yeah, really. when, you, when you have but NXT. With the exception that, but with the exception that Bailey is kind of self-made here, so yeah. you have all this video footage that you could give people that backstory, and then they could join in on that, I think. Because when you have NXT here, and they're, you're, they're doing all the development of the characters, and people know them, and if you're expecting that people have seen NXT, like Sami Zayn is a, is a perfect one. Sami Zayn's just there on the main roster now, feuding with Kevin Owens. They and, didn't do anything for him. Yeah, and, and we're just supposed to know, like obviously we know but not everyone knows what his backstory is. And you're hoping they go to the network and kind of find a you know, way to watch it on NXT TV, but you're not going to have the vignettes anymore. Like the, the William Regals, you know, when they're showing what the real man's man is about, when they're promoting all these guys, you know, Primo and Epico right now, you can do it because they're, they're not in NXT and we haven't been watching them for the last year. 
Uh, so you can kind of do some vignettes before they show up on the main roster. Braun Strowman yeah. didn't get vignettes. You don't see vignettes to introduce someone anymore, especially if they've been on NXT TV. And that's such a shame because they pride, number one, they do videos so well. Number two, they pride themselves on being a movie making company. I mean, they could have been doing this with Baron Corbin, you know, for the raw appearance. And, you know, we'll get into that eventually. <laughs> but I mean, they can do this with all these guys that they're just now kind of bringing up. You know, with little fanfare, to be honest with you, except for the commentators putting them over like, oh, here's Apollo Crews. He has, he's a four tool player. It's like, well, that doesn't really tell the story here. What told the story was all that stuff on breaking ground that you could have been playing for a couple of weeks. You know, the Vaude villains are going to die up on SmackDown, I think. They really are. And I think the Vaude villains are being sent to die. OK, I think they're being, fair. you know, sink or swim. We're pushing you. We have nothing to do with you on NXT anymore. Uh, we don't really you know, think you're good enough for a raw debut. Obviously we're going to put you on TV and it's the Tyler breeze situation. It's what new day was. It's uh, it's go up to this main roster. You're either going to sink or swim. You know, you're either going to get over or you don't, if you don't get over, we'll, we'll get rid of you. If you get over great, but we have nothing else to do for you anymore. And then there's the main event, which, um, <laughs> well, before the main event, you talked oh, about yeah. Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin lost, uh, Austin Aries on the show, which surprised me a little bit. That was, surprised the hell out of me. Were, I, were people yeah. in the crowd as surprised as we may have been? Was Austin yes. Aries expected to win? Uh, no, no, nobody in the crowd thought Aries was going to win. That's why it was so and that's, shocking. And, and, and that's then, so and strange, and, right? Because he, yeah. this is the new guy. This is his, uh, you know, he's just like any other indie guy who wins on their debut, mm -hmm. but it didn't happen. Well, I mean, it was a roll up. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a, you know, strong win. So All you expected right. oh, this yeah. would be, so you expected this would be, you know, the start of a feud of some sort where, oh, that was a fluke win and you're just an indie geek and, you know, cutting more promos of that variety. Um, so, but, you know, as they say, plans change. The, uh, did, did, uh, the Chris Gerard, Manny Andre, um, match make TV or no? No, Manny Andre, Chris Gerard was the dark match. Apollo Cruz was okay. the dark match. Neither one of those made TV. Oh, I forgot Paul Cruz didn't make TV. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was nondescript, as yeah. nondescript as you can get, which also shocked me that Apollo would then get cut, called up to Raw because there was that there was there was the rumblings that uh, that they had cooled off a bit on him. So, yeah, he, well, even his entire run in NXT was less than impressive and not and not because he wasn't impressive. Just Correct. he was just a guy on TV. They didn't they came out with, uh, you know, breaking ground where he was fantastic, kind of just giving stares at all the other ones and laughing at some of the, the foolishness there in NXT. His but, whole gimmick was, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here and I'm a super athlete, <laughs> but there was yeah. nothing really more beyond that. And he goes, he wrestles a couple of matches. He loses a match to Baron Corbin. He beats a couple of guys. He beats Elias Sampson there on the pre-show. I don't know if they taped it and they're going to show it on TV because they did, you know, promote that match for takeover. I don't know if they're going to show it on TV or if it's just going to be forgotten and we go on to uh, Apollo Crews on the main roster, period. One thing you'll notice when uh, he showed up on Raw is there was no NXT on the Titantron. Like, he is up in WWE right now um, and just ready to kind of take off. I don't even think he was on the NXT TV tapings at Axis either. And if he was, it wasn't much, uh, it wasn't anything really, you know, drawing the eye to you. Well, so. let me let me use your words then. Do you think they want him to take off, or is he there to be a guy no, to I, help others? I think he's a guy that they want to take off. I think he's okay. a guy that Vince probably saw, and you're like, okay, we we can get him up now. Let's let's move him to the to Raw and SmackDown. I want to use that guy. You don't need him down here, and I'll I'll use him. But are we going to find ourselves into an issue because they brought up Baron Corbin, 
they haven't cut anybody and no one you're going to have all these injuries start coming back. They had Cesaro come back on raw. You're going to have John Cena come back, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, all these guys. They haven't cut anyone. They haven't set anyone new down. Zack Ryder's back on the main roster for at least a month. Maybe. Um, are you going to hit a bubble? I, I asked this with uh, someone on the VOW live show on Monday. Is WWE going to hit a bubble where we're going to see a mass exodus of maybe older talent somewhere because you're bringing up Apollo Crews, Baron Corbin, the Vaude villains, you, it's not like we had a ton of place for these guys already, and now you're getting returns coming back. You're getting these guys being called up. The main roster is kind of full right now, no? It's full, but if you cut that quote-unquote dead weight, you don't have anybody other than these mid-carters that you just brought up for the most part to lose to the top guys. Right. So it's, you know, it, it's the, the cast system is such that, that the bottom tier guys that have been around a long time are your local indie workers that you'd be hiring for squash matches. And plus, if there's going to be a roster split, which who knows, um, day to day, as they say, uh, you're going to need bodies. And I think it's one of those things where they'd rather keep you around and not use you than let somebody else do it. Right. And, and even now, though, where are you going to go? I mean, you're not. Yeah. Most likely, you, uh, if you're someone of that caliber, you can go to Evolve, and there's a relationship there already. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, Vaude Villains were the one that surprised me. I was surprised at Epico and Primo on Raw, too, you know, getting the, the uh, vignette oh, that they did. Oh, that was on Raw. Okay. I thought that was just a commercial for Puerto Rico that they played on the Titantron. No, that was a Raw vignette. Oh, dear. For God. Primo and Epico. Oh, that's, they're, that's, that's they're DOA. Por- they're Puerto Ricans call them, again. Call them DOA. Yeah, they're Puerto Ricans again, so they're no longer the Matadors, but they just kind of did that commercial. There was no commentary about it on on Michael Cole's part. There was it was just we played this and we're moving on to Raw. So you have Primo and Epicos coming back. If you're a tag team fan, you're going to get a ton of tag teams. I don't know if they're necessarily the ones that you want, but you're going to get the Vaudevillains coming up. You have the Ascension down there, the Dudleys, the Usos, Enzo and Cass debuting on Monday Night Raw. Um, you were there as we just kind of scatter around, which is fine. You were okay. there, obviously, on Raw 2 uh, on Monday night. Enzo and Cass, was that the best thing on Raw in your perspective? And how did uh, people uh, wake up to that? Mm, best thing on Raw was probably the four-way. Okay, I, yeah. Yeah, the last half um, hour of Raw in general was pretty great. I was more surprised because Enzo and Cass are such that they are basically the new day in terms of, you know, lovable face tag team that does a lot of catchphrases and I wouldn't think they'd want more than one of those on the main roster at once. So that shocked me, but Enzo, you know, the little chicken hawk that he is, uh, hyped up, fired up. Oh yeah. Gave a great promo. I thought, um, <laughs> I don't think Bubba helped him too much, but, uh, at the really? same time, I, I just thought his kind of just casual dismissiveness. I thought Devon was fine. I well, just thought there was a little something of, uh, of Bubba that could have been a little bit more engaged with it. I, I once, cause I got is, uh, Enzo's final line was a jab at Bubba and that's when he got pissed off. Cause at the, okay. at the time he wasn't getting personally attacked. You know, he was, it was, they were joking on Devon. They were joking uh, as part of the team in general, but then when it hit Bubba specifically, that's when they kind of went to the ring and yeah, they were dismissing him because it is Bubba Ray and Devon. They only fight when they're the ones in favor. Right. right. And they weren't going to be, they didn't have the high ground if you will. Uh, but that'll be that'll be an interesting match because I don't really care for the work of both of these teams in the ring. Like they're best served going pretty short. Um, and you're going to have Bubba Ray slapping on some arm bars and some headlocks to Enzo all night long. And then Big Castle come in and that's when the fans will get hyped. 
Uh, I'm hoping that their catchphrase stuff doesn't sour quickly because that's really what their major thing is right now. But what helped their debut is just how great I thought Enzo was on the microphone. I mean, he was fired up. He wasn't misstepping. Uh, he, you know, the people were getting what he was saying, which is a worry. You know, when he's doing the couple of haters and you're like, if you're not from New Jersey, these people in Dallas may not quite understand what he's saying there. But thankfully, people got it and people uh, were were hyped for Enzo and Cass. No Carmella, well, this, though. No Carmella. Was that interesting? Uh, no, because I think you can save her for later. I think I think then she because then you get into the Stacey Keebler with the Dudleys yeah. uh, problem where it's just all about the hot chick with the tag team and nobody's paying attention to the tag team. I think it's fine to leave Carmella down for a while and bring her up eventually when you need her for something. Um, I, you know, Enzo's going to have that same issue as the New Day did when they turned face in that. We'll see how far with the edginess they'll let him do the promo. Yeah. Because when he doesn't have that, the promos aren't very good. So... And this was the crowd to debut them in front because now people know what to do with them. Yes. That's that. That was the one debut that I thought was strong. I and thought, that's, yeah. Yeah. His delivery, his delivery, I thought was just fantastic. And I'm so glad people understood what he was saying and we're getting it because, and that guy, when he was doing the, uh, the tears running down the back of the head joke, like, yeah. you know, and, and goes quiet. Oh, I just thought. And so I thought that debut was about as perfect as you could have debuted those two. Yeah. You, you, you tell the people who they are. The people are cheering, so they know what to do. You did all the lines that they're supposed to say when they're supposed to say them, and you know that these guys are fighters. It was a great, great debut, I thought. We also had Baron Corbin's uh, you know, well, TV let, let's debut. Go, let, let's finish up in NXT first, and then we'll 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 keep going to that. How about that? Do um, whatever I say. <laughs> um. Oh, I've. Uh, and now you forget. Yeah. You forget what I you're going to talk about. No, I know what I was going to say. You, you had brought up that tag teams yeah. were getting brought up, and NXT is now depleted. Of kind of, kind other of. than American Alpha, you have American Alpha, you have uh, the Revival, and you have uh, uh, Blake, Blake and Murphy. And Murphy. That's and Mur- it. Hey, you have the Hype Bros still. Mm, they wrestled on Access. Oh, they did. They okay. did. You have the Hype Bros. Uh, and what? Because by the time they wrestle on Access, Zack Ryder wasn't the world champion yet, or the Intercontinental Champion yet. By the time that'll air on TV, he's no longer the Intercontinental Champion. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Zack Ryder just double dips for a oh. month, because after a month, he's not going to be in a feud with the Miz. You know, if they wrestle at payback, Zack Ryder and The Miz, it'll be a one-off. Zack Ryder's probably not going to win, and he can go back to NXT doing his thing. Yeah, and that, the, the other thing that came off on TV better than in the crowd with my sight lines was just how bad the WWE medical staff ruined the pace of that Joe Baller. It was it was unfortunate, yeah, when, when Joe's eye was bleeding, but... From, I understand. from a live perspective, you may not have actually gotten to see what was going on because that blood was spurting out of his eye. They had to stop it and kind of cool it yeah. down. Yeah. No, I get that, but but even so, you do it. You don't use towels. You 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 use your uh, coagulator or whatever. You put that in there, or you staple it. <laughs> well, I bet you know Super what, glue what happens whatever. in a situation like that. What happens in a situation is they try to just wipe away the blood because they don't really know if it's going to keep pouring out or if it's just blood on the face. So they wipe it away when they see that it's still going on. That's when you start seeing the more the more drastic measures just to try and close it. So, yeah, the pace was kind of hurt, but at the same time, it helped the match on TV because you had this sick Samoan monster yeah. who was with blood all over his face and chest who Vin Balor got a win squeaking away 
And Samoa Joe now is going to go after him like this. Oh my God, I can't let believe I let you get away. And there might be more to it now. And you have an excuse for Joe. Like there was blood in his face. Mm-hmm. So I, I no, think, and he, I think and he it played helped. it off real well. He played, yeah. I, I liked, you know, shoving the doctors away. I made it feel like a fight feel, which, you know, I'm always a fan of. Yeah. The, uh, uh, my favorite match of that night was Shinsuke Nakamura's debut. That Shinsuke Sami Zayn match was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then Finn Balor and Samoa Joe is probably my second best of the night. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I give a lot of props to the Bailey just cause it was a great story match as opposed to a technical, you know, I thought if they do the angle, right, it's going to be really something. I don't know if they're going to make Oscar more heelish now, right. but, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the encapsulation of part one of the bubble that we live in and realizing that while our bubble is growing, that the, what WWE is, is an entire chasm apart from the bubble. I'm walking to the NXT show by myself. Um, I kind of take a side street down to the convention center. I'm about, oh, I'd say about an hour early, not, not too much more. So, I mean, there are people milling about and stuff. Walking down the street alone with his bag, Zack Sabre Jr. No one's bothering him. No one's yelling, hey, Zack. No one knows who he is. And I stop and I have a very lovely conversation with him. He gives me a hug, which throws me off a bit, but nevertheless, um, you know, tell, tell him I got to see him in PWG. It couldn't, couldn't be nicer, but I go, I'm standing in front of the K Bailey Hutchins Center with access with all these wrestling fans around. Yeah. And here's a guy who's going to be a rock star on the network sooner rather than later. And no one knows who he is except me standing here talking to him. Yeah. A British fan stands outside the K Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, that, that's cool. Yeah, he's going to be in this uh, network, they, uh, the Global Cruiserweight Series. He's one of the first names announced. I'm still waiting for one of these indies to promote him in a qualifying match. Um, and It'll I've, be progress, right? Yeah, because, I mean, they, they've already announced he's going to be in it. So I'm, And I was for sure that he was going to be in a qualifier for one of these companies. So I'm still waiting for one of these companies to kind of, you know, get spoiled by Triple H, book him in a qualifying that he's going to win, obviously. But Zack Ryder's going to be in the series. They announced another name. Zack Sabre. Huh? I said Zack Zach Sabre. Sabre. No, you said Zack Ryder. Oh, not Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder will probably not be in the, <laughs> in the, in the series. Zack Sabre, sorry. Oh, he might be. They might put him in there. Kota Ibushi is going to be in this Global Cruiserweight series. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting. I got to see Kota for the first time. Um, I really enjoyed the entire setup of Evolve. I like their presentation. I like that they have managers. Um, my only real issue is not a lot of diversification of styles That's on true. the roster. Cause there's a lot of, to, to quote the great Lanza grapple fuckery on there. Um, including one of the main stables feuding with the champion and feuding with Zack Sabre. I mean, it's all this kind of, I mean, I can take or leave it. I, I got to see enough that I liked, um, that ricochet will Osprey match on 59 is fantastic. It really is. And, and I know, I sometimes get down on the whole theme park stunt show aspect of what the high flyers these days are doing, but man, that match, that match was great. I loved Eddie Dean's ranch as a venue. I know that there was some kind of casual dismissiveness of it beforehand, but it's really was a fantastic venue for wrestling. Uh, great sight lines. Um, it's a country Western barbecue joint and they're doing it in their ballroom uh, concert hall part of it. And for the WWN super show, um, 
the storefronts were like mini balconies and a Bushi and Osprey both make their way up there. That six person tag is worth going out and seeing as well with uh, Perkins and Gargano against uh, Euro Trash. I thought that was a really, really fun match. Chris Hero had a couple of great matches and I was very, very impressed with Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle has a certain kind of almost psychotic charisma to him where if the talent catches up, I mean, I, I put, if I could combine Mrs. Charisma and Matt Riddle's athletic ability, I could make a mint with that kid. And and I was surprised. I didn't think he'd be that smooth and that good. He's getting um, better. He's still, he's still relatively new to it. So, I mean, he, granted he was granted. He was only working. I mean, he worked as Zack Sabre jr. Yeah. And he, uh, it was uh, Tracy Williams, right? Yeah. Tracy, Will- nope. Tracy Williams at the super show. But I mean, even in the angles he was doing, I mean, he's part of this, uh, was it catch, um, catch point, catch point. And you know what? Your eyes are just drawn to him during all the angles involving catch point. Um, you know, I enjoyed hero versus Fred. Yeah. I thought he was very good. I enjoyed Ethan pages work here. This is the first time I've seen him solo since, uh, the monster mafia broke up, um, who I had seen in PWG and I really liked, um, that's a shame. Um, this is actually the first time I've seen SoCal Val do anything other than look pretty. Um, so and I think she's a very, very competent heel manager. So, I mean, I enjoyed the, the entirety of the product. You can hear promos as opposed to it being like in PWG, the audio quality. If you've watched DVDs, uh, especially when guys get on the mic, it's like 1995 Radio Shack quality, <laughs> even in the building. So, I mean, I, I really enjoyed everything about, uh, Gabe's product to the point I bought a t-shirt. So, I mean, there's not much more you can say. So you um, went to, you went to NXT on Friday mm-hmm. and then what was your, what was the day? I mean, what was the combination of shows that you went to on Saturday? Cause it sounded like Saturday was a day that just wore out everybody. Saturday. I went to the noon evolve show, which was 59, which was the, the U S versus Europe series. And, you know, Marty scroll was fantastic again. And, Tim Thatcher made his faces and, <laughs> and they had, they ran an angle with evolve the tag team of uh, Gargano and Galloway uh, breaking up. Um, and then I took a bit of a break and then at eight o'clock I went to the uh, WWN super show in between. They had a shimmer show uh, at Eddie Dean's um, and most people were trying to pick between the WrestleCon super show at the, uh, at the Hyatt, which was great people watching mm-hmm. all week. Um, got to be Tully Blanchard. Yeah, you did. You you yes. texted me. You texted me as oh, soon as that happened. Like I met I Tully. Was, I was so geeked. There, there's very few people that make me lose words like that. I think Don Rickles and Steve Winwood would be the other two. But <laughs> and I met Don, and the same thing happened. It was just like, wow, I don't get starstruck, but that did. Um. So yeah, no. Saturday was a was a day where you went to a show. You tried to tried to get a little bit of rest, or you went to the Shimmer show. And then you went to one of the two big shows in town. And then, you know, if you wanted to, or no, Kaiju Big Battle was Friday night. And I heard all about that, which seemed incredibly insane. But yeah, no, it was, it was uh, long shows. Both, I mean, all these shows were long because it was like, hey, we got a crowd and we're going to try and get it all in. But, uh, you know, it was still fun. There was still, I mean, even though it was long, it was still a lot of fun. Did and you- the energy did the anyone was- uh, there watch the Hall of Fame on Saturday night, or did you watch that on the network? Maybe when you're settling back in the hotel, or is the Hall of Fame still something you haven't seen yet? Um, I watched on the bus trip to Mania. I watched the Freebirds induction. Okay, 
That was uh, that was the one that went the longest. That was probably the highlight as far as uh, the free birds dancing and telling the stories and whatnot. It went it went for a good amount of time. And I thought Garvin was really good on it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they said about Michael Hayes. I thought Garvin was very appreciative of the uh, of the honor. Yeah, there's you had some uh, feedback before the Hall of Fame night that Garvin maybe shouldn't have even been included in that. Do you disagree with that? Are you uh, are you happily welcoming of Garvin being? Oh no, I, I said I, I said when 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 it was announced, Garvin was always teamed with the Freebirds in world class, um, as an, a close ally. So I had and you know and he was really a Freebird in the later WCW run that doesn't get a lot of love because Gordy was always in and out. But no, I had absolutely no problem with Jimmy Garvin being a part of this. And then Saturday goes away. You've had a lot of wrestling and Sunday is coming up with the big WrestleMania. What did you guys do any events before WrestleMania or was that the main attraction of the day? Uh, <laughs> how much are you going to do before a seven hour show? Um, no, a bunch of us went out to lunch yeah. and then uh, came back and uh, got on a bus. I had some cosplayers on the bus and I was with. I was sitting next to Brian Alvarez, who was just rolling his eyes the entire time because we had NWA cosplayers on our bus who would not drop the gimmick for the bus ride. Really, the bus ride? You're the hey. bus ride, and they were drinking. Sure, was, I mean, if was, you, you know, it was like one of those of things. Fun. If it's a day of fun, why not go all out at it? I, I'm on a bus, man. Yeah. I can't get away from you. So that I, I brought headphones and I watched the Freebirds. Oh, that so that's when you watch the Freebird induction. You're on <laughs> yes, the bus. You're on the bus yeah. trying to ignore the cosplayers. Exactly. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some uh, Freebird action in here. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania is interesting because I think it can be encapsulated by the elevator ride I went on after I got home, before I went down to the bar for a nightcap, and I don't wear them. Thank you, Naked Gun. Um. Half the elevator thought it was one of the best WrestleManias they had ever seen, and half thought it was one of the worst. And that, a few went, eh, it was okay. That's good, because I really like this WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I listened to the show. Um, you really liked it. I kind of agree with, I'm, I'm siding with Lanza a bit. It was a show, but I enjoyed myself. I mean, I, I, it, as a wrest- I realized it's not a wrestling show. It's um, not. It's not. And, and I realized just how we worked ourselves into a bit of a shoot that it was for the booking because you said you were confused by the booking of it. I thought the booking was weird because I mean, no, it but, wasn't. If you step back, okay, right, keep, right. You keep going with your point and I'll, and I thought I'll, when I'm like, listening to it, like I'm just watching finish after finish and I'm like, Oh, that's weird that Brock Lesnar won. Oh, that's weird that Chris Jericho won. And now I'm not so upset with the Chris Jericho one because we found out, you know, the next night that he was going to win the series by pinning Chris Jericho and getting the world title shot. So that kind of went, uh, that that one I'm okay with now, but Brock Lesnar and then Dean Ambrose doesn't make the show the next night. Um, there there was there was some weird booking early on, and then I wasn't a fan of obviously the Roman Reigns Triple H match. I just thought like this this show needs to end at this point. I've been watching my TV for seven hours, so it was more that than I was really hating on the match itself. Um, I really like the Shane McMahon Undertaker you know craziness aspect, uh, even though the match was a little slow going early on, but. As far as WrestleMania, and I'm having fun watching it, the pre-show delivered huge. I saw all the pre-show matches, and they were great. And some of the matches that I wasn't, weren't expecting to be good were really good. And I really liked the work of AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. I thought the Divas Triple Threat was amazing. And I, it, as a show in a vacuum, if I'm just talking about that one show, I was entertained for the seven hours. I, I wasn't hating it. I thought it was a good show for me. It, it's a fine show. But I'm going to now 
explain why you thought the booking was off and why it wasn't. Um, because every, almost everything can be explained by that reaction in that Dudley's Usos match. Yeah, which, the crowd came alive for the Dudleys. Yeah, they really did. Um, the bubble was there in full force, but out of the ninety some odd thousand, it was probably about a third to a fourth. The Dudleys. Everybody else is kind of casuals. The Dudleys were about the biggest stars in, as far as a uh, wrestling perspective. You know, they've been around forever. They were about the biggest stars up to that point of the show. Oh, they were, yeah. and there was there was a point to them being there, and I'll get to that in a moment. I, in, in my opinion, you can tell me I'm off base after I finish or not, but you know, in, in my section, you know, I had families and mostly casuals, some of whom didn't even know who half the guys were who were coming out, um, and others. You know, I had one next to me who basically had all the results leaked beforehand and had put a parlay on on the matches and was hoping nothing changed last minute. So I got the I got both worlds going on around me. That's what I hate is guy sitting next to me at a show who thinks he knows all the results. He wasn't he wasn't saying anything about the results. He was just he's just very nervous that they were going to change okay. one of the results and ruin his parlay. Yeah, he was there he were, was being tight lipped. There were some betting everything. odds. There were some betting odds that kind of leaked out and you know things that made it look like the finishers were finalized on Saturday and then if uh, they didn't change anything, the Zack Ryder one was the biggest one. You know, Zack Ryder became a huge favorite on Saturday for that Intercontinental Championship and everyone was like, "What's going on here?" So if you placed a bet on Zack Ryder early, you got a lot of money that basically for these websites that still take bets on WWE wrestling. Right. Here's why you were confused. WrestleMania was what they had hoped it would be when they planned this. It was a giant celebration of the megalomania of Vince McMahon as an entertainment promoter. And it was branding. It wasn't a wrestling show. It was complete and utter branding to to bring more eyeballs to have a record-setting show. And this show, when you step back and look at the booking, it wasn't... I, you used the word pessimism when you described my picking AJ over Chris... Or Chris well, Jericho over let's AJ. Let's be real. You picked it, it straight was true. out because of pessimism. Uh, yes. And I shouldn't have. I should have picked it for another reason. It's the safest decision to make right. when you look at what Vince McMahon was doing with this. This was a celebration of him as creator of WrestleMania. And it, he wasn't going to take any chances in the booking with the largest crowd ever. He was mm -hmm. going to play it very, very safe. On your pre-show, even the match order in and of itself is, is geared towards that. Your first match is Kalisto versus Ryback on the pre-show on free TV and early enough for, so the kids who are still in the audience are still engaged because here's the superhero with the mask flipping around. Mommy, daddy, can we buy WrestleMania? Can we go see WrestleMania? Next is your total divas match, which is for your crossover audience of any that you have. And maybe women who watch reality TV. Your third match is for dad who may be a lapsed wrestling fan. Here's the Dudleys. You remember the Dudleys. You liked the Dudleys. And even though they didn't win, which is weird, you got your table spots and you got, you know, that kind of feel good thing uh, for, you know, even some of the more hardcores. And then you go into the main card. First match in is the ladder match for the Intercontinental title. A very safe booking decision with these six guys. For the most part, because Sinkar was Sinkar was the designated he's going to do the holy crap move to pop the crowd. And he sure did. Yes. Any of the other five guys who had won this match would have gotten a gigantic pop. 
of any kind if you look at it. And this is how Vince looked at it. This is his gift to the quote-unquote wrestling bubble fans. You had Zack Ryder, who Vince in his own bubble thinks, oh, only the geeks like him. So we'll put him in. And yes, it's out of touch by a couple of years, but he probably still thinks that judging on if you watched his promo on Raw. You know, Ziggler would have gotten a pop. Um, Miz would have gotten a reaction. I don't know if, you know, maybe that's, or that's probably an anomaly. I, I'm probably wrong on, on that one. But Cody Rhodes was doing a, a Dusty Rhodes tribute act with both the latter and his outfit. And then you had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. M anyone other than Sin Cara and probably Miz, although Miz would have gotten a nice boo out of it, you would have gotten an even bigger pop out of. So that was the safe match. That was the love letter to the fans to get them on the show's side to get momentum for the rest of it. And then the other winners that you had, look at the last names. Jericho, Flair, Lesnar. You had Austin, Foley, and Michaels come out to get the big old evil he monster heels down after a match. You know, The Rock came out to look good. It was all stars. You got to see the stars, so you'd have the water cooler mo moments on television. Jericho is a big enough star from the Attitude Era to, to, to be put over here and still be considered a water cooler kind of moment. Then you have the booking of Baron Corbin in the uh, Battle Royal. Here's the one guy to keep an eye out on. He's the one guy on the come that the company believes in. And then you have the crowning of the new star to go along with all these other stars that you saw. And so none of these other guys on the card have won to overshadow the new guy that you should now view as the new star, which is Roman Reigns. It all made perfect sense when I backed off and looked at it like that. I don't know what you think of my theory there. No, I think you're right. I mean, Vince is booking the show and he's like, who... Who should win? I'm looking at the big names versus I'm looking at the the nobodies. And, you know, the Styles and Chris Jericho won again. Right now, I'm fine with. I was a little confused at first. Like, what is the sense there? But, hey, AJ Styles is the number one contender. They're giving him a title match against Roman Reigns. And, well, yeah, well, what he did the next night was say that none of WrestleMania mattered. Basically, that's what it was. I mean, that that's the weird thing is it was all a deus ex machina. I had my entertainment extravaganza. Now I got to go back to my company and do it for a year until I can bring back all these stars again. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get the George Strait record, which is what he really wanted um, in, in the stadium, but that's what he was gunning for. And he wasn't going to, he was going to put Dean Ambrose over Brock Lesnar in front of that large of a crowd, thinking that all the casuals won't know who the hell that is. And then they won't react. Well, that, and the fact that when we talked about our preview show, I'm not shocked by the Dean Ambrose. What I was more surprised at is the combination of those who won. Okay. I, was, I was surprised by the combination of uh, Chris Jericho, the League of Nations, and Brock Lesnar all winning. It wasn't that any one of those was, you know, crazy or, or uh, surprising. It was that well, all you can't, three. You, you can't count the League of Nations as a quote-unquote win because that was a means to an end. Well, that's what I'm talking about here yeah. is that you had, okay, the League of Nations win because they were going to be getting in this segment with Steve Austin. You had Chris Jericho winning because AJ Styles was getting the, the big thing the next night. You had Brock Lesnar win because he's Brock Lesnar and you want to keep Brock Lesnar happy. And Dean Ambrose doesn't necessarily need the win. He, D Dean Ambrose is a pay-per-view loser. He always loses on pay-per-views and the crowd is still somewhat behind him. And then Charlotte, of course, now Charlotte can go and get a one-on-one -on -one match with Sasha Banks so they can do a rematch. I, I was more surprised 
at the combination of all of them winning versus any single one winning. Okay. I, I, yeah. After a while, I just was like, look at the last names. They're all, they're all famous and, and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, Charlotte's a flair. People know who Ric Flair is and there you go. But just all of that just made me realize, yeah, he booked, he booked for the casuals here. Were people and live, then, were people live getting upset at the show? Were they all enjoying it? Like how was the live reaction where you were sitting? Cause you're sitting with a bunch of people who follow the inside stuff in wrestling and whatnot. How, how did they react to the show as it was going along? Oh, families were, were chanting the casuals were all into it and chanting all the time. And, but they, they've also been conditioned to know, you know, oh, it's too early for a pin here. We can't be blowing out our, our voices here. I mean, they knew the pacing of matches and, and, and the like. The thing that was driving me nuts in the live experience, I don't know if you've heard this or not, on the, on the Jerry Tron, uh, the giant TV up, up above the stadium, were three of the different matches. It's a four-sided thing with the two long screens and then the two short screens. Mm-hmm. They kept the live feed on the short screens yeah. there. On the big screens, from time to time, they'd cut to crowd shots, or for the New Day, it, they, they'd start the "Hey, we want some New Day" right. chant to get artificially going, yeah. and then they had they had the suplex count, and then for Charlotte, they had "Woo," whenever she'd go on offense, and it was driving me nuts because I'm trying to watch the match on the screen because because you can't really see with all the um, you know bells and whistles of the staging. It's tough to watch the ring, right? And, and they, they, they're cutting to this stuff that doesn't matter. And I'm like, you know, to the point where I tweeted at the stadium, tell them to cut that crap out because huh. I want to watch this match. Did it work, Jeff? No, it didn't. No, of course not. Um, kind of disagreed. Uh, they were really into the, uh, the women's three-way quite mm-hmm. a bit as well, the, the, the crowd. I, I disagreed a bit with Joe's thing that was the most important in 30 years, mostly because I think without Sasha Bailey in Brooklyn, over delivering there and getting that kind of reaction, then the divas revolution quote unquote has no juice. And you probably have two of those women still down at NXT. Yeah. And they're still kind of doing these divas matches right now. You, they'd have brought up Charlotte by now, but I think Sasha and Becky would still be floundering and, or they won't be floundering, but they'd be, uh, if that match goes wrong, they're in NXT for at least another year, maybe up at this point, they're getting brought up, but, um, Without that match, even though it's not official WWE canon, then this triple threat doesn't work at all. Yeah. Or doesn't even go off. John Cena came back. I was fascinated he didn't show up on Raw. Yeah, it looks like. And the way, because uh, you didn't, uh, you haven't seen the WrestleMania on TV yet, right? No, I have not. So what was happening is John Cena comes back to help The Rock, and the entire time JBL, and you know this is coming from Vince, JBL is talking about how John Cena is not ready to come back. He's not 100%. Uh, there's no way he's ready to be able to do this full time. They were basically telling you that this is a one-time only thing for John Cena right now and that he's going to be still gone for a while. That's so. He did a lot for that one time. He did a especially lot. Put, especially putting guys on shoulders and whatnot. I mean, that's that's dangerous stuff. Well, he's stuff. been doing all his lifting, so, I mean, he's he's good enough to do something. He's just not good enough to be doing probably the bumps back-to-back, you know, day in, day out. Yeah, but I mean, it go, it goes into the whole theory of bringing the stars out. If he could have brought out Hogan at some point, he would have. But I mean, that's chill. But dicey. I mean, it, this is a whole. Um, what I compare it to at one time. Oh, the Eagles on tour. Just play the hits. Yeah. Don't play the new stuff. They want to people. The casuals have come to see the hits. Yep. Let's see the hits. 
Oh yeah, no, they were playing the hits. They weren't doing anything, uh, anything new. That's yeah, for sure. The, the, the Rock got his little sexual innuendo jokes in there, right. and then delivered but, a rock bottom. That's all you though. I mean, the show. I was, I was interested in it. I, I was never bored oh, throughout the show. I no, I was not bored. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. My, my criticism is me as a wrestling critic. I had, I had fun at the show. It, it went. You know what? It didn't seem like six and a half hours to me. That, that was, I think, and I think that's the best. Um, compliment you can right. give is that the show did not quickly. drag it all. The, the show did not drag it all for me live. I, it may have dragged for you. It it only started on to drag TV. for me. No, it only started to drag for me when uh, you know Shane McMahon and the Undertaker was over, and yeah. you had the Rock. The Rock was out there for a long time, probably <sighs> longer than they had to be. And then you start they seeing were, like the Rock segment didn't end until eleven o'clock Eastern. So we're like, okay, what's happening here? Because the show is supposed to be over. And then you have the main event of Triple H and Roman. And at that point, I was just ready to do this this live show, you know, because mm-hmm. I had scheduled the live show for 11. I'm like, OK, obviously we can't do it until WrestleMania ends, but I don't want to be up until two in the morning doing a live show, you know. Yeah, that that rock segment just reeked of I'm an A-lister. Give I me do the whatever mic I want. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was such a pointless, pointless thing. And then. Then to go into the <laughs> the middle school play theatrics of of Triple H and his entrances and and Beyonce McMahon or as I put I call it she's dressed like the Acid Queen from Tommy. She Steph, was, uh, that give was me, give me, oh I know I I knew you were enjoying that. Don't get me wrong. My first thought was yeah Rob Rob's gonna dig this. Well, because <laughs> Stephanie's out there basically telling you we're the bad guys and yeah. you're never gonna win. We're the bad guys. We're gonna own you the whole time. And I just thought it was, you know, that's when you really sense that WrestleMania is performance art. You know, that yeah, it's, it's so performance art. Yeah. They're out there doing that. And Triple H that, is doing his entrance. Triple H always getting those entrances. Oh, that's Vince saying we make movies and his daughter wants to be a movie star. Were the people digging so. Snoop Dogg? Uh, they did. They were actually a bit. I mean, it's funny because because <laughs> the biggest shock to us was that Flo Rider got cut. Yeah, there's no Flo Rider concert. And that was never Which, announced. Actually, it was never announced that he would. Just everyone, I think, either assumed it or there was a report that he. No, was they, going said, to. they said no, no. They said on TV, I believe that he would re- he would perform it live. But of course, WWE being what it is, over six and a half hours, you heard that song enough times where you didn't have to hear it live. That's true. God, that's Ugh. true. You didn't have to hear it. You heard it a lot on Monday, though, as they were showing clips. Yes. Were they showing those clips on the uh, arena uh, Tron too? Where you know, in between every match or so, every segment, they were having the highlight pictures of WrestleMania and they would play that song. Were you getting that in the building too? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Anything that, uh, with the exception of a uh, real ad buys, everything that, uh, yeah, everything that made uh, from the network got onto the, uh, jumbotron where I was, I was, uh, I was in, um, about a couple rows behind where the Titan Tron was. So I couldn't see entrances, but I could see everything else perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so not the, Oh, go ahead. So how was that raw for you? Because obviously this is the first after mania raw you've been to since they started becoming a thing, right? Or no? Yeah. 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 No, I've, I had never been to an arena WrestleMania. Right. I had been I had been to uh, Staples Center WrestleMania, but never to an arena one. So what did you uh, what did you think about this raw experience? I had a blast at this raw. I don't know what everybody else was thinking, but I mean, you know, I could punch logical holes in the booking to to, to no end. But I had fun as a part of the crowd. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the the red hot crowd that you saw for the Brock return necessarily, but they were engaged for most of the show. And when they weren't well, engaged, it was when they weren't engaged, yeah. they, these performers were in trouble. I because I felt they, like they I felt like that they weren't necessarily they weren't necessarily engaged the whole time. It didn't seem like it. What they were doing was they were trying to you know 
they wanted all these debuts to happen, but they wanted them to happen right away. Like they would not wait for Bailey. They would not wait for uh, really anyone to show up on this raw. They wanted them all in the first half, you know, first half hour. And then when they didn't get all the debuts in the first hour, they kind of went away for a little bit. Like, okay, we're, we're going to chant our stuff, but when we're not chanting our stuff, we don't care about the show. And then the final half hour happened and it was absolutely a fantastic final half hour of TV, but the crowd just seemed like, and I'm not hating on the crowd. You can go to a wrestling show and do whatever you want, but they were not waiting for anything to happen. They wanted everything to happen right away. I will debate you a bit on this. I think they didn't really get out of control until it was apparent that Vince had, I mean, Vince hyped this in his promo. He goes, this will be a raw. You never forget. True. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, that, that's a high bar. It is. It is. Given the, given the, given the past couple years of raws. Yes, that's true. So that's what we were expecting. We were expecting when he said that we were all hyped for debuts and, Balor clubs and, or Bailey and Oscar and just all these other sorts of things. And we got rehashes of certain feuds. You got Epico and Primo. We got Epico and Primo. Although we if, got, we, if we look at it, what you got was AJ Styles winning the main event and getting a title shot. You got, that was great. Enzo, and, you got Enzo and Cash showing up. You got Apollo Crews, yes. who's a big, you know, you know, a baby face, a fan favorite. You did get Apollo Crews. And when you look at Raw last year, who who did we get? We got the Lucha Dragons and we got Neville. So, yeah, they're fun surprises, fun debuts, but it's not like they really debut the big names. We got Paige the year before that. It hasn't been in se- uh, or until or since Brock Lesnar's return where we've had like a main eventer come back. No, I agree. But but let's look at the other things we got. We got basically everything we watched on WrestleMania being told it didn't matter. We got we got the setup for the Sasha Flair feud. And then we got a. <laughs> No offense to Charlotte, and I said this on the call-in show last night. She could not carry this promo because she could not stay in character. She was too busy trying to engage in the audience with the Bailey chants and whatnot and lost what she was yeah, doing. Yeah, she, she, wasn't, she wasn't fluid. She wasn't sticking to what she was she supposed was, to say. She was, and, she was corpsing. Yeah. She, you know, and she was, you know, she enjoys this crowd, and I, and I, I get, I love her enthusiasm, but she's a bad guy. And so she has to play this, this gratitude angle strong so that when the heel turn comes, We'll, we'll turn on her and it didn't happen. And then Sasha just leaves the ring all of a sudden. And then we get natty again. And we're just like, we just saw this a month ago in a build for the roadblock show. Um, okay, great. You know, we get, we get the Miz and, and Zack Ryder after a big win. And he says it's the biggest moment of his life just to set up for Maurice coming back for total divas. You know, that, I mean, that's <laughs> it's fine by me. I love Maurice. Maurice is the I best like, one. She's look, immediately the best woman they have. Immediately. I like I like Maurice. Don't get me wrong. But the setup here to take away the win here and, and especially some of the criticism therein of Zack Ryder's win, which we will not get into on this show. But I tweeted about earlier today. Should you want to look at my timeline? I don't. You don't. But I mean, just don't take it seriously. It's fake. Shut up. It's his moment. Um, you no, know, and with he, his dad and he had his moment. It was a fantastic moment at WrestleMania, but he didn't need to have a long reign of any kind. So I'm completely fine with him, you know, losing the title the next night, which everyone I think knew was going to happen. I don't think that was actually a shock of when, any kind. When the, when the league of a title switch came out, they thought it would either be Charlotte or, or Zack Ryder. And then they, when they, 
were going to do the big presentation, we had guessed that was going to be Ryder. So, I mean, I, I get that. I think Mrs. Dad was also in, in the front row on the other side oh, yeah. at some point. I thought I caught that when they went to break. Um, I thought he landed outside of where his dad was. So, I mean, I thought that was good because I like Miz as a person. As a wrestler, he doesn't, as, as a character that they write for, he doesn't do too much for me. But as a person, I like him a lot. So, you know what? If this goes somewhere and it helps Zack Ryder make some money before they once again send him back to NXT purgatory, I'm fine with it. But, you know, um, whatever. Uh, I thought they mishandled the Baron Corbin debut. Really? Why, why so? They got too theatrical again. They love doing a hundred words to make a guy monologue to seem great when when less words would have helped him so much here. All he had to do was say, if you don't know who I am, this is all that tells you. I killed your little indie darlings in NXT. Bring me one of your darlings from Raw. Boom. He's a, he's a menace. But they, they, they go to the Vince McMahon thesaurus, and I decimated this, and here's my catchphrase. And with this crowd, he was going to get eaten alive doing this. But he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh, no, he did not. Oh, yes, he did. Maybe in, in your life, little section. In, was, no, in the arena, he got eaten alive, dude. I don't they think were so. Chanting for a, they were chanting for a beach ball over him. Yeah, but that was during the break, so we never saw that. No, no, you didn't see it, but it was all during. They, they must have turned down the mics. Yeah, because we didn't hear it. Match. It was a it long, was it was a long commercial break, man. I don't think any of it happened while, because I saw you tweeting about it, and all your tweets were coming while they were at commercial break. Okay, well, it had started beforehand. Okay, and it started like they they were wanting him during his promo. Yeah, and he wasn't handling it very well either. So I mean, I I, I thought it missed on some steps, and okay. I thought a double countout win isn't the way to. Hell, I, I liked your idea. Just give it if they're if you're gonna switch the title off of Zack Ryder, give it to Baron Corbin first night. Have him just destroy him. Could have been cool, you know. I I think what they'll do with Baron Corbin is he just you know he doesn't necessarily beat guys, but he'll you know, keep coming out. Maybe it's Dolph Ziggler. Maybe Dolph Ziggler will be his first pay-per-view match. And all they do is just have him take out Dolph every once in a while, forgetting that he, you know, kind of has to win a match. Um, but this, this payback show, cause payback is the next pay-per-view. Right. And we got tonight, AJ styles versus Roman Reigns set up for the main event of that payback show. And that show was happening in Chicago. So what is mm. going on here with, their big babyface star who said in a promo on Raw, I, I actually thought Roman Reigns had one of his better nights. Roman Reigns was out there. He was dismissive of Sami Zayn, dismissive of everyone, really. He was more himself versus being the stoic babyface champion. He was more, you know, leaning back and picking his spots. Uh, does it look like they're they're changing the character for a little bit for Roman Reigns? Because he's going to go into Chicago, get booed out of his mind against AJ Styles. I was going to ask you the same question. It looks like they're changing what he's going to be about for a little bit. Let me throw this at you and ask how this would go over. That the quote-unquote Balor Club are actually there to help protect Reigns' title. Like they're, he, they, they're Shield 2.0 and Roman Reigns saw how his, well it worked? Exactly. Yeah. They're his Shield 2.0 and they're there to protect him because it fits in with what the WWE does with heel stables in that you have a star and then you have cannon fodder. Yeah. I could see something like that happening. Because that's what I was thinking. Maybe at the end I was, of payback, was, yeah. When, when he started that promo in front of that audience, 
that felt like he was starting to turn heel. And especially when he looks at other faces and just kind of shoes them away. Really? Yeah, I know he was, he was shooing Sami Zayn that away. Fascinated me. Now he's got AJ Styles here in Chicago. So I could very well that, see something. That shocked the crowd live. AJ wins. Cause we had, we had all basically get, okay, here's where Jericho steals the win. Right. No, what? Whoa. And we're all kind of, I mean, I don't know if the, how big the reaction sounded on TV. It didn't sound as big in the arena. I don't think, because I think everybody was just kind of again, shocked. It was kind of like the Bailey situation where I'm think, you know, the cynical crowd had basically resigned themselves to, well, they're going to go the easy route here and, and let it be, you know, they're going to have Sammy and Kevin Owens feud, and then they're going to move Jericho on to Roman Reigns. And then AJ will do something somewhere down the line, but no, they didn't. And that, uh, you know, and they gave him a long exit. They played his theme like four or five times as he walked around the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the given show, given the hand signal with the gloves and everything, there was no dark match after. So no, they, the show ended with AJ Styles right after his victory. He got up in the ring, was celebrating. That's when the show cut off right away. And then okay. it came out. They, they put a video of him kind of uh, crying in the ring a little bit, going teary eyed, you know, after his victory. Uh, but yeah, no, that was it. They, they closed the show with AJ Styles up as the victor. And now you go into payback where it looks like you're probably going to have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You're going to have AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. Uh, you could have the Miz and Zack Ryder, the rematch there, unless they bring someone else up for the Miz. Um, and you're going to have a Baron Corbin match. Like this is, this is what your payback is looking like right now. So, so WrestleMania is officially not in continuity, right? It's starting not to be. And yeah, it's kind of a pay-per-view all to itself. And then they go back to their regular pay-per-view schedule where they, where they have the winners and losers based on, uh, you know, what's going on in story. Which which is why I'm thinking, you know, what if I go out, even if I go out next year, I won't go to WrestleMania. I'll just go to all the shows surrounding it and I'll watch WrestleMania on TV because it's a made for TV well, product. Especially for especially for all of these situations you have with the big arenas. Like even if I had gone, this was always my plan. Even if I had gone to Dallas, I was going to do the events on Friday, Saturday, and then watch mm-hmm. Sunday from a hotel room or a bar somewhere nearby. I wasn't going to be a part of that mess. I don't think it's worth it to me to be a part of that mess anymore. I've been to three WrestleManias. You know, my favorite one was the one in Chicago 22 and you didn't have all that hassle being at a, a somewhat smaller arena, you know, 20,000 people versus 60 to 70,000. Cause I went to Detroit and Arizona and I much more enjoyed the experience in Chicago than I did those other two. So if I went to a WrestleMania city, I would have, you know, the fun of being there Friday and Saturday, meeting all the people but I don't think I would actually attend the WrestleMania show itself. Uh, question. Yeah. We talk about WrestleMania moments. Uh-huh. And there I find that there were a lot of them on the show. There were. Well, okay. It'll go to my question then. Cause how many of these will be truly memorable say in about 10 years? Mm-hmm. And is there any match from this card that we'll be looking back on and going, do you remember that really, really great match on this WrestleMania? I don't think there's a match that'll be super memorable or memorable. And I don't, I don't think that matters too much because I, I don't know if there's WrestleManias the past couple of years that really have that true one standout. That was, that was going to be, that was going to be a follow-up question for me because it's one of those things where I'm going, man, what was the last really great WrestleMania match that I can remember that, that, that sticks out as something that may, if you put it in a time capsule and you open it back up, you'd be going, yeah. I think Sean and Undertaker from 25 is the last one kind of like that. I'd agree. Yeah. I so agree. I, I don't know if you're going to have that. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan, the whole the whole thing around Daniel Bryan at 30 is super memorable, but not yeah. necessarily the main event match. True. You know, um, as far as moments in this one, I thought you had the moment, obviously, of Shane jumping off uh, to the to the announce table. Uh, that's okay. going to be one huge moment that people remember. 
I think people uh, are going to remember that Roman Reigns won the title on this one. I don't necessarily think they're going to care about the match per se. Um, and then the women's championship, the fact that there, we had a new women's championship belt, that's going to be remembered as part of 32. What do you think of the end of that women's match? What was your take on that? I forget. Uh, you know, I was fine with it when I watched it. I, I get all the criticism because if you don't know what's, uh, what's happening in some circles, you know, we had these, these three women fighting for the brand new women's championship. It was all about promoting, uh, you know, it, it took till what 2016 for WWE to call women, women, and now yeah. they're, they're promoting the women's aspect of the sport of it. And it was this big moment. They played it up huge as a big moment. And then what happens? You have Charlotte winning because of a man, because of her dad, Ric Flair. And the controversy there being, isn't it a little weird that a man helped a woman win the women's championship? And I, I didn't necessarily see it too much as that when I was watching it, because it, to me, it was, you know, a heel manager helping the heel win. And she was going to win no matter what. And we now know that Charlotte is, while she talks a big game about the women in wrestling, she's not over letting her dad help her win. She's not really about promoting the sport of women's wrestling. She just wants that title belt, right? That that's kind of the story here, but I definitely uh, see how it's weird for some in this particular context. If this were at payback and they had a clean win by someone at WrestleMania and then at payback, Ric Flair helped Charlotte win the title. I don't think it's that big of a controversy. I just think it's because it was that one night on the start of the women's championship when they put a whole bunch of stuff behind this that it was weird seeing a man help the woman win. And I think that there's a point there. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not a fan of the three-way finish where you throw someone out and steal a pin. I would have been fine I, I if really, like, Becky really, you know, had just taken Sasha out somehow, and then you build up Sasha and Charlotte because yeah. Sasha couldn't be involved in the finish because of the three-way yeah. rules. Yeah, just have her knocked out outside the ring or, or, and, and helpless of some variety. Or even if Flair did it outside the ring, just not during the, during the three-count. You know, not so close to the three count. Have Flair take her out at some point, and then that leaves Becky vulnerable for the clean finish. I thought that would have been a much there, easier one yeah, to swallow. There was some other stuff you could have done without it being super weird. I But I get the yeah. context the ar uh, argument that it was weird on that night of all nights. And I think that, and I think help. that, yeah, with, with it being the first match, yeah, and it, it really kind of takes away from it being a memorable match to me. In some ways. I mean, I'll watch it again because I enjoy all three ladies' work. But as one of those matches that you look at and you you point to and you go, watch that, I'd, I'd still point to more NXT women's matches before that one. How impressive was that Eva Marie in the pre-show, huh? You know what? I, I, I'm, with the, I'm with the consensus here. That match over-delivered. Yeah, that match did. that match was a lot of fun, I thought. It went 12 honest, minutes. It was fun. Was. Eva Marie got her sliced red in and Mara Ronaldo got yelled at for not knowing the name of the move. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, he called, he called it the sliced bread number two. And then okay. he, he, you hear him go silent for a little bit. And all and of a sudden. And you're hearing the little chatter in the ear. Yep. Ear's hit, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear him come back. And that she calls the sliced red. Yep. Oh, that's a shame. Yep. Mara uh. Ranallo for you. Mara Ranallo was, he was keen no on getting all his references moves. in. Yeah. 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 But he was, he was keen on getting all his references in. But when it came actually, you know, telling the stories. Uh, that's where you can tell he still needs a lot of work. He's not getting what Vince wants him to get yet. Well, he's not produced by Vince either at SmackDown. I don't think. Yeah, but he sure was on Sunday. Oh yeah, no, he was on Sunday, and you know, at NXT, I, he was like working his way trying to say "Mamma Mia" and how many different ways that he could pop the crowd around NXT. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I would have loved Morrow on WrestleMania. It would make me more apt to watch it, but I understand why they don't. Yeah, it's, and I it's, thought the Michael, hard, it's a hard shill. Michael Cole, was, Michael, Michael Cole was really good, too. I actually thought uh, there was nothing wrong with Michael Cole. He was a little funny at certain times because he was uh, he was promoting the baby faces like he was their manager sometimes. Like, I, I don't know if you can really tell what I mean by that unless you watch it. But like during the John Cena segment and it's like, it's not going to be a WrestleMania without the five knuckle shuffle. You got to give him the five knuckle shuffle, you know, stuff like that. Oh, so he was, he was playing Saxton's role. Basically. Too? Yeah. He was kind of okay. like, you know, yeah, give him the five knuckle shuffle. You got to You got to do it at WrestleMania. He was doing so, he was doing some of that a little bit. He was, you know, for Sacco when Mr. Sacco came out on McFoley. It was kind of the same oh, he thing. He was playing fan. He was playing fanboy David he was, Crockett. He was playing. He was playing fanboy of the legends. Okay, now let me ask you another question about commentary on on a show, just because we're into silly season right now, and we've gone through all of them. The Raw show, Bizarro World. Oh, have you not? You haven't seen anything about this Raw, huh? The, no. The I very not. first thing we saw on the Monday Night Raw episode were a shot of the announcers telling us that this is the weirdest crowd of the year, that they're going to boo people they normally cheer for, and that they cheer for people they normally boo for. That was the very first thing that we got Michael Cole telling us about how this crowd was going to be weird and eccentric. And they did that throughout the night when anyone would boo a babyface or cheer a bad guy. They, JBL would be right there to remind us that, oh, it's the raw after WrestleMania. These people come from all over the world to have fun. They boo who they normally cheer for. Ha ha ha. And the, we're all for freedom of speech. Yeah, no, we got that. We got that about five times throughout the show. But the very first thing you saw as a raw viewer was the announcement basically is what it was that this raw crowd is going to be weird and they're not going to cheer for the baby faces and they're not going to boo for the heels. Oh, why do you do that? Cause the crowd is teaching these people. This is the crowd that teaches people how to, so you write the show to, mm, that makes me angry, but that makes sense. Given Vince saying a couple times, you people are wacky and kooky. And so, oh yeah. No, it was, it was like, a regular thing. It was a regular thing. Oh, so, so this, oh man. So they're basically saying, don't pay attention to this crowd. Kinda. That's what they told us. Oh, my goodness. Because the crowd's going to be back to normal next week. Oh, my God. In wherever they are. I think they're in Los Angeles next week. Where are they? Yeah. Oh, no, they are because I was asked if I could get someone tickets. And oh, yeah. Are uh, you going to go? No. You're done with the wrestling for a little bit? The live <sighs> attendance? Yes. Yeah. I'll watch it at home because I got to review it. I don't want to put that on Sean for two weeks. No, I'm sure he doesn't. He'll, yeah, he, oh, he's fine reviewing the Raw after WrestleMania. That's usually oh, yeah, the good show. Oh, yeah, I know. I threw, I threw him that bone. Right. Um. No, yeah. Oh man, that's. What did you think of that? Um, I, I think that's a giant mistake. I think this is where you start to condition. Yeah, you're conditioning uh, the yeah. fans. Not that it would matter anyway, because the next group is going to be the same way. The only thing that happens is if you book Raw like a normal Raw, that'll start conditioning the fans that it's normal again. If but see, that undercuts it, Enzo and Cass right there. Then. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying this year. I'm saying next year. And you're right. It would no, mean, no, 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 it would mean no. that I, you I don't meant, get meant, debuts. No, I, I meant. I meant when they come out to that giant. Cr- Pop. Oh, and they're getting if cheered for. If you're if you're telling them that right. they're doing the wrong chance for people, you're conditioning them the wrong way potentially. Then. Right, that's a way. Yeah, if they're going to cheer for who they normally boo for, well, are they cheering for Enzo and Cass and their bad guys? Should we boo them oh, next week? Man, that that's. I don't think that'll. I don't think that'll happen. That's a little extreme. But you're right. I mean, you're telling people that up front. But the only way to change it is slowly over time, you just start booking Raws normally, only using the roster that you have already. That you don't bring guys up. You're not throwing huge, you know, you know, indie darling people in the main event and having them win. Uh, you know, Cesaro returned on the show, which I thought was awesome because now we're back to where we can see Cesaro long matches and not Wade Barrett or Sheamus long matches. So yeah, I am looking the, forward to Cesaro being back. 
in the arena, there was a lot of concern that Sami Zayn had legit hurt himself. Yeah, but after after that main event played out, it was kind of like I was joking about it because I didn't really think that he was hurt. So I'm I'm joking about it on Twitter. Like after one live report and zero visual evidence, I can exclusively report that Sami Zayn is out for a year with an injury. Well, well, you weren't helping, but I mean, if you were doing that, but no, there were people literally trying to find out information on Twitter oh, once sure. he hurt oh, because sure. we were all concerned about that and going, oh man, this, this is going to happen again. No, I, I think this is just your story for getting him out of there so that he's not cheered massively at the main event. They can go to Styles, and now you have your setting up for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn without the title being on the line because that's what I didn't think would happen. I, I thought Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would be the payback match. I thought it would be for the Intercontinental title, and now it's just going to be a regular straight match, most likely. So yeah, and the, and, and and for me, my thinking was they don't they don't need the title to the feud. They're, theirs is a blood feud. They got plenty of stuff to do, and they don't need the Intercontinental yeah, they, title. They within. don't. Maybe the world title a year from now. Like if you know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have their feud now, and then a year from now one of them is champion. Well, look who's coming calling back. Uh, you know, looking that's, for that title. That's so cute that you think Sami Zayn will sniff the world title under Vince McMahon. Oh, I think it would be Owens. And Sammy uh, well, no, no, I think Owens. Would, I think, yeah, I think Owens would have the title. I don't think they'd ever let Sammy challenge. Hey, they might. Who's, they might. Who's challenging at Payback, sir? AJ Styles. Okay. Okay. Unless yeah. it's unless it's the Raw match, do you think they would go with AJ Styles on Raw and not Payback? Because they never did say it was a Payback match. They said he was the number one contender. Doesn't mean that that match is going to take place at Payback. Or they could use the number one contender as a de facto title. And maybe Triple H comes back and gives him a pedigree and we get a rematch. Because we thought in the arena, we were thinking Balor or Triple H was going to be the mystery guy in the in the four way. Oh, really? That 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 was that was the, that was us talking. We never expected Cesaro. Well, there you got you got Cesaro, the big return of Cesaro. And that uh, they're starting Smackdown right now. Um, yeah. You know, so we're going to have the VOD villains coming in, which I just think. Do you think that VOD villains make Raw next week or they might be kept to SmackDown? Uh, you know, this isn't a brand split by any means, but there are situations where they might keep guys just to SmackDown. I think they might get a, they won't get a big interest, but they'll say we saw them debut on SmackDown and they may get a win over the Ascension on Raw. Because these, uh, these after WrestleMania SmackDowns are really interesting because most of the crowd, they're in Houston and they're not in, uh, I think they're in the same, they're not in the same arena, obviously, as uh, the NCAA championship last night. But Houston has all those NCAA people involved. All the WrestleMania people stayed in Dallas and went home. So SmackDown is kind of back to normal. And I don't necessarily know if the VOD villains are going to get a huge reaction in front of a normal crowd for their debut. And that's why I think I really think they're just sending them out there to sink or swim. And they don't they don't care one way or another. It's just a way to either get them gone or uh, to to make something of them. Um, cause there's really, like I said, nothing else for them to do. So it'll be interesting inter to see how they go. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Some of the things they're doing, cause they had, uh, for superstars, they had Fand Fandango and yep. Ryback. So yep. they, they've demoted Ryback to superstar status now. Yep. He's, he's on uh superstars, Fandango and Ryback. And you have tonight, like who does, who does the VOD villains go up against? Is it Ascension? Probably. Probably and then the they Ascension, just have right? a re and then they have a rematch on raw. Maybe. Or superstars. Or they could, you know, put them up against. The hype bros. Yeah, I don't know if you put, I don't think you put Zack Ryder as a hype bro on the main roster right now. No, but, but I think, yeah, okay, that's right. They're going to keep him around probably for that. Miz. I, I think he's going to wrestle Miz at, at payback. I just don't, we don't know, obviously, if that's the case, because um, what about this? We, we actually thought maybe, uh, I think you were on the call when we thought that Emma could possibly be a, uh, a second for yes. Ryder, right? Yes. Um, yes. I think they could turn her face very easy if they wanted to. 
yeah, they kind of, they don't necessarily or she could, need or she them. Could but, end up, or she could end up turning on, I mean, yeah. you know, Vince, they, they may put Emma and, and Zach in a match and have Emma turn on them and split them up just Maybe. to, just to test the relationship. Oh, great for them. Great for them. Uh, what else from this WrestleMania weekend before we go, uh, Jeff? It's finally over. We're back home. Uh, you're back home anyway. Uh, yes. WrestleMania weekend is over. We obviously, uh, because of this conversation, we don't, we're going to do our, our top 100 match next week. We're going to get back on schedule with our top 100 matches on WWE Network to see before you die. I think we still got, what is it, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko to get through, right? Yes. Yep. So that we're, yeah. We're going to do that one uh, next week. We'll get back on schedule there, talking about Raw, the build up towards payback and so forth. Uh, but anything else uh, for the people you want to talk about your WrestleMania weekend? Um, You know, if you ever get the chance, I mean, this is late for me in my life, so to speak, um, in terms of being a wrestling fan. But uh, it's worth it to go for the experience once. There's a lot of great people who are wrestling fans. There are a few scary ones. Don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a few scary wrestling fans out there. But uh, overall, it was a really, really fun time. And, and you know, try and get as, go to as much stuff and get exposed to as many different styles as you can because that's also part of it is your own personal wrestling education. Follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes is myself. Jeff is at Crap Game 13. We're on YouTube. Go back and check out all our post shows from NXT TakeOver, WrestleMania, and last night's Raw. All the videos are up on demand right now at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. We will be back next week with more Shake Them Ropes. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.